Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am thrilled to have back on the show, Christine Ramos. Professionally, Christine is an author and maternal child health registered nurse who has worked as a certified childbirth educator, certified doula, certified case manager, and an internationally board certified lactation consultant. She has earned two professional degrees. Before becoming an RN, Christine was a social worker for 10 years in the mental health field, where she worked therapeutically with people who had mental health and substance abuse challenges. Ever since she can remember, Christine has been an intuitive empath who can perceive the human energy field. These abilities combined with her career experiences in education afford her the insight that addresses the health of our children's minds, bodies, and souls. This insight led Christine to write A Journey Into Being, knowing and nurturing our children as spirit, where she masterfully blends science with spirituality regarding all things related to the arrival of new life. Truly a unique work, the manuscript garnered the attention of the late Dolores Cannon, the angel person, isn't that right? (laughs) Oh, yes. To then publish the book through the publishing company in 2006. So welcome to the program, Christine. Thank you for having me again, Marla. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, so good to see you again. So um, let's talk about this article that that you wrote and knowing your child as spirit, not not a certain gender or, you know, we have all the gender coming out parties now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you wrote this article and what it exactly it means knowing your child as spirit? Sure. So um, first off, I I just want to say that uh, I'm not an expert on gender studies. My perspective is always as a person who navigates her world through the language of energy, which means that I primarily receive information about people by perceiving their energy field um, and their vibration. So having said that, Um, when it comes to uh, the gender of a person, what we have to recognize is, is that we are all made of both. We are comprised of both the feminine and the masculine energies. It is uh, in us both. It's very much like the yin yang um, symbol of ancient from ancient uh, Chinese culture, right? So like the symbol itself, um, these energies are fluid and they are components that uh, reside in 
each other. So in other words, every soul is uniquely unisex and can have innate characteristics that society associates with certain genders, right? Say, say for example, um, you know, we consider the human traits such as aggression or courageousness or competitiveness. Um, more than likely we would assign those characteristics as masculine, more so than feminine, right? But these traits could end up being in the biologically female, with a biologically um, female, right? And she may grow up to be ambitious or gutsy and those traits will serve her well throughout her lifetime. And the same hold truths, holds true for traits such as like sensitivity, gentleness, nurturing. Um, this can appear in a man. And for a man, these traits can make him a wonderful father or companion, right? So all of that is to say that we are um, composed of both of these forces and they can show up differently also at different points in a person's life. Um, you know, it, it, when you think about gender, now gender is a social and cultural construct, right? You know, it was made, it, it, these are cate human categories that were made up basically as a way of dividing labor, right? And this is the way it, it's been historically. So these are human labels that we apply that served us well in the past. But, you know, now, it, at least it's my belief, we have to move beyond this and start looking at the raw spirit of a person, the raw brilliance of someone. And that brilliance is evident right at birth. I'm sure any parent uh, or any person who has uh, who, is, who is with a newborn can see the spirit coming, you know, shining right through those eyes. And you can see even as early as infancy, these kind of leanings toward feminine or masculine. And it, again, these things can emerge in different times in different ways. It's very fluid. Um, or let's go to the other extreme and say, we could, the spirit can choose to stay neutral, right? And not choose any leniency, not choose one or the either or the other. So yeah, um, I, I see things through the lens of energy and through those lens, the way a person presents themselves is that vibration of both masculine and feminine energies. Yes, this is such an important topic for today. Children- I agree. As, as I mentioned to you earlier, um, I've had PMA Jatwater on the, on the show quite a few times. And in one, she talked about children of the fifth world. I think that's the name of it. 
And she talks about how these children are even pouring in, I will use that term, and for for a decade or, or so now that are coming in that are more non-gender, that are spiritual, and they're here to teach us lessons that we so badly need to learn. So, so what do you think about that? What, what lessons do you, do you agree with that? And what lessons are these children here to teach us? I do agree with that. Um, I, I, I also believe it's multifactorial. I believe um, the reason why we're seeing and hearing more from people who identify as LGBTQIA is it's actually a combination of things. I think media in general, which includes you know social media, has allowed us all to see the world and its people right from our phones and computers, right? Um, I believe social media has allowed uh, this community to find their people. And with that community comes strength in numbers and a sense of safety to be who they truly are. However, at the same time, what is that doing, right? Um, that's um, kind of challenging uh, people who have these um, views regarding gender expectations. And these views are being challenged. And with that challenge is a push for more acceptance and, you know, and progression toward being a more inclusive society, which, you know, of course, is an indication of spiritual growth and evolution. Um, things that are very much needed in today's world. Uh, unfortunately, at the same time, we're seeing that some of these people who are clinging on to their ideologies, they're digging in, they're digging their heels in even harder and pushing back on this broader view of the world, right? Um, so that in and of itself is challenging those old beliefs. It is, um, it is trying to get people to see how this hateful language and violence, how it's affecting people. And, you know, of course it speaks to larger issues of gun control and, you know, the use of scripture to justify oppression. But overall, like PMH Atwater says, I think all of these factors are trying to get us to move forward, to progress, to kind of keep love at its center. And these children who are being very brave and courageous are using, you know, this presence as a way to help us move forward. I so agree. I have a friend. I actually have quite a few friends that have kids who who identify themselves as neither female or male or or you know other other things and one one person in particular I think of and his daughter she was 
she thought she was transgender and then she decided she was gay and then she decided she was an orthodox jew and then she decided <laughs> he, okay. was, he was over at the house i know there's totally different but you know <laughs> and um he just kind of you know threw his hands up and he said I don't care what she identifies with. She's my daughter and I love her and to have, I want to have a relationship with her. And I think that's so important because my generation in particular, I don't know what happened to us, but we are, there are so many that are so indoctrined into this yes. male, female and the characteristics they supposedly, they supposedly have. So what do you, what can we do as a society so that it isn't so charged? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as a society, hmm. so well, first society, form, I guess us, you know, personally, that yeah, comes into, yes, little by little, step by yeah. step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things I think is to just understand how sex is something, a gender especially, it's just, it's a social construct, like I said before. Um, also, I, I just want to, to bring up, uh, there is about as much as 2% of the population that is intersex. Okay, meaning that they fall outside of the male or female categories. They may be born with, say, atypical sex chromosomes, uh, like having XXY, or they may have genitals that don't match their internal sex organs. Now, in those cases, the infant is assigned a gender by the healthcare team and the parents. But biologically, the child can be both sexes or sh strictly neither, right? So how does it make sense that only anatomy determines gender, mm -hmm. right? And, and to have it be the basis of hatred or oppression, it just, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, Again, I would emphasize that these are old, you know, uh, 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 social constructs. We need to try to move beyond, you know, using scripture as a way of oppressing, oppressing a whole group of people, right? Now, I never want to offend anybody and say, uh, you know, that what, what scripture says is wrong. Who am I? But I always like to focus on, you know, a God that is love. Um, and love is accepting. Love is, you know, it, it's something, it's, it's, it's an energy that is all encompassing, meaning that we accept each other for who we are 
it's it's just it's scary because you know I too know a lot of people and I have loved ones who identify as you know the within the LGBTQIA community and seeing all of this violence happening and these words of hatred um I'm so I'm so afraid for them and you know we, we just need to get to a place in society where we take a good hard look at these categories that we put people in um it's not working it's not it's, working. it's not working and it's it's so destructive especially it really is to our to our young ones I found it very interesting when you talked about Ian Stevenson's work um, in your article. He is someone I've referred to in a lot of my interviews. And for listeners, he is the researcher at University of Virginia that did so, so much amazing, not just amazing, but documented research on past lives of children. So can you speak on that? Sure, sure. So Dr. Ian Stevenson uh, wrote the book uh, where reincarnate, where biology and reincarnation intersect. And in that book, he follows the cases of children who remember past lives. And when it comes to gender in particular, uh, what he has investigated is um, the masculine and feminine energies of children and what they bring forward into their their subsequent life. So what he found was that a lot of these children will show traits of the gender of the claimed previous life. They may cross-dress, they uh, play games of, the, of what is considered appropriate for the opposite gender, and they may otherwise show what he calls, you know, uh, attitudes characteristic of that gender, of the previous uh, claimed life. So again, to me, that just illustrates once more how the spirit is just you know it is both these forces within us and the way it expresses itself is also uh, a combination of imprints from previous lives that we bring forward that we you know, it, it could be something where we just have a, a, a an imprint of memory of being a female, and that comes through at a certain time in your present life. Uh, and I, I, I keep repeating this, but it's very dynamic. These energies flow, they, the way I see it, you know, again, I perceive the a person primarily through that vibrational field. And 
I will feel the softness of both. I will have the, I feel the softness of the feminine and then the, the more rougher of the masculine. And it is dynamic. It's, it, it flows in and out throughout a lifetime. So having said all of that, you know, we see, especially with Dr. Ian Stevenson, that again, these traits can come up in subsequent lifetimes as exactly that. These are not so much as a trait, but an expression of the nature of the spirit. And that nature is those two forces within us. Wow. I think that many in my generation, they look just look at gender as who you want to have sexual relationships with. Mm. And, you know, and there's so, that's so sad. There's so much more, more to it than that. So just yes. the educating and what do, what does the IA stand for? That's something new that I haven't heard. Uh, I is intersex and A is asexual, meaning a person who chooses not to have sexual relations. Right. Interesting. So Christine, with your background, you say you're not an expert and I understand that, but you've worked in mental health, you've worked with children, you've worked with parents. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice can you give? I mean, just us talking, I'm thinking about my kids and all of them are so, have such both sides to it, you know? I never thought of it before, but it's yes. just so incredibly obvious when that sensitivity or that empathic, well, anyone can be sensitive, anyone can be empathic, that's what we're talking about. But those traditional traits of the feminine versus, you know, that the masculine traits. And what, what can we do from, even at birth and little ones to help just try to, when society is, you know, just doing boys do the, you know, wear blue, girls wear pink, what kinds of things that we can do to really help the spirit flourish instead of just honing in on one gender or the other? Um, well, there are some things that uh, I have, I actually wrote an article um, that talked about that very thing. And some of the things that you can do is to just be cognizant of the, the like their environment, okay? This could include the toys that they play with, right? So, um, you know, we usually associate trucks and cars and that sort of thing with boys or, you know, uh, footballs and, baseball and stuff like that we associate with boys and with girls we think about toys such as dolls or you know playing dress up uh, or playing like you're you know a, mo a mother uh, with the dolls so one of the things that parents can do if they choose to have sort of like a gender neutral um environment is to be mindful of those toys because the, those toys are kind of 
guiding the child toward what we think is the the gender norms, the gender expectations, right? So that's one way is to be to have gender neutral toys or to have both for, you know, it, let's say you have you have a female child, have both those toys that are considered more masculine um, and the ones that are considered more feminine. Let that child decide what to play with. Um, you know, some other things are even things as innocent as color, right? So color, we associate girls with pink and boys with blue. <laughs> Choose gender neutral colors, such as greens or uh, purples, you know, colors like that or neutral beiges. Um, those are some ways that you can be as gender neutral as possible. Um, you know, there are actually some professions uh, that a person can look to that are experts in how to uh, decorate your home in a gender neutral way. Um, yeah, so all of these options are, are popping up. And I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. I really do you know, kind of uh, taking us away from the importance that we place on, on gender. I mean, it's, it's like gender, gender is far from being the product of anatomy. I mean, that's just the truth. It's so interesting to, do you feel like there's a transformation though happening where with all of these children, and you know, we talk about social media, but I'm talking about little ones that aren't, mm -hmm. they're not involved in social media. And I went to a Christmas show just two days ago, and I bet there were four trans kids in this Christmas show. And it was so wonderful to watch. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about trans kids a little bit. Like what, what exactly does that mean? And I think we all know what it means, but at what age do you, do you feel like that a child knows for sure, but maybe they're always both? I don't know. I don't even know how to phrase the question. I wrote in my book how the spirit reveals themselves immediately as they enter the earth. As soon as they're born, they reveal themselves. You can ask, you know, um, you can ask parents, when did they know that their child was, say, gay, right? And they, they will likely tell you, I've known all along. Um, there, you, you, you can see the raw spirit in a child. And I think, you know, to go back to your question about what is the spiritual significance of this, 
um, just as I believe the spiritual significance of the birth of more um, sensitive children coming into our world, I think this is all to shake us up. I think it's all to have us see through the illusion of these human made up labels and categories and you know our tendency to put people in boxes um we because what ultimately happens when we put people in boxes and we categorize them it's a form of dividing each other and with that division comes of course prejudice it comes biases and I think these children are trying to tell us, listen, that's not what this, this life is about. Those are all illusions. I mean, if anything, you know, we, as you know, part of my uh, presentation for that workshop that we went to um, on spirituality and children was uh, about interaction synchrony and interaction synchrony is scientific proof that we are all connected to each other. Why? Because vibrationally, we pick up on each other's neural, uh, neural signals, right? So what interaction synchrony for your audience that doesn't know what it is, is that it's when two or more individuals begin to unintentionally mirror or synchronize with each other. And this can include behaviors, emotions, and body movements. So just to give you a background, modern scanning techniques have allowed us to visually observe how connected we really are. They found that depending on the situation, a person's nervous system, um, their brain waves, their heart rate, their respiration, and even their perception of pain can be synchronized or coupled with others who are nearby you, right? So what is that saying about each other as as a group of people, we are all interconnected with one another, right? The intolerance, contempt, or hatred, um, these energies all get projected and shared in the collective consciousness. Whether we're aware of it or not, these negative energies reverberate in all of us and ultimately keep us from evolving spiritually. Mm. So again, when we place each other in these boxes, in these categories, when we label, okay, I'm this, you're that, ultimately what we're doing is perpetuating this illusion of separateness and we are not separate. We are all, what affects somebody in another country will ultimately affect each one of us. 
I mean, it's, it, you know, it, quantum physics is helping us more and more to understand this. Unfortunately, we can't get a good grip on, on uh, quantum physics as it is because we can't find a theory of everything. But we do know it, it, quantum physics exists. And we do know that we are swimming in this field of electrons, right? That is, is, is basically a sea of energy. And the way that I think, the way that I, my attitudes that are projected into the, into the collective consciousness, everybody will reverberate, reverberate with that. So we need to keep hatred out. We need to keep contempt out. We need to keep these illusions of separateness out. And again, I think these children are forcing us to see things differently. They're forcing us to consider um, how these labels are just that they're human constructs and they are not serving us in the long run. Christine, do you, it seems to me that it would be a logical thing to do is also be very cognizant of the community and who one surrounds themselves with and their children. I mean, I know some people don't have can't change schools or can't do this or that, but, but can you just speak on that a little bit? On the communities, uh, in terms of the importance of, if you can, you know, if you have a child who's trans or, or you're, you're trying to provide a gender neutral environment to surround yourself with like-minded people as much as you can. Yes. Exactly that, to surround yourself with like-minded people. Um, you know, unfortunately, what's happening is, is that, you know, there are certain people, again, that are clinging to their ideologies, right? Um, and we need to recognize also that, you know, the... Actually, I, I'll take that back for a moment. I, I always like to, to just focus on tolerance and yes. patience and um, inclusivity. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's just that there's just certain areas that are and, and pockets that people again they cling on to their ideologies and we we need at we need to build our communities we need to uh, advocate maybe for clubs and schools let's say or um, I'll give you an example my daughter she in in her high school they had formed clubs uh specifically for LGBTQIA and um, she participated in it because she was just fascinated and she wanted to be part of the movement forward. 
And I would say that even parents of children who don't identify as LGBTQIA encourage them to participate in these groups, you know, so that we increase the allies, so to say. Um, and yeah, just, just to focus on inclusivity in these schools, gather up, you know, these, these, these clubs, start them up, um, advocate as a parent, you can advocate, uh, for these types of clubs with, you know, a PTA type of environment, um, you could get that, uh, that I, those ideas starting to roll if your school doesn't have one already. Um, yeah, it's all about finding like-minded people. It's all about um, spreading the word of inclusivity and, you know, possible clubs and safe spaces. Yeah. You know? so our children are definitely bringing bringing that in it to us the millennials um you mentioned in your article other cultures who are doing a much better job with with this than than what we we have a long way to go but mm -hmm. does, does any specific culture just that you think of that we could really learn a lot from No, I'm not. I, I don't know too much about that. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to learn a lot from uh, my daughter. My daughter has been taking some gender studies in college. And she's been, I actually consulted with her before I wrote uh, my articles on um knowing our children as spirit in terms of gender and the masculine and feminine energies. I consulted her because again, I, I try to be very, very careful with my words. Um, and I try to, I try not to portray to be somebody who knows uh, a lot about worldly aspects of gender. Um, well, I do how my daughter, I always, touch base with her you know when there's discussions or using the pronouns or this or that and it's and she even got our family a book to kind of explain you know the different pronouns and what they mean and I thought that was just really sweet of her so here here are two examples right here of our young people whether they identify with a gender or not um really want to educate you know so we just need to need to be open Beautiful. yes yes so i i wanted to just step back a minute the reason why i was hesitant to say what i was going to say before is because i do not want this to be political yes um and that's that's where why i get a little tripped up with my words if you saw me kind of backpedaling i don't want this to be political and so um we have to be careful in how we word things. And um, I, my focus is primarily on just moving past these, these antiquated ideas that are fueling hatred and violence. 
And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've been seeing, you know, these horrific incidences of violence, like with the, the shootings and, um, you know, um, it's just so sad, you know, it, 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 targeting the LGBTQIA um, communities and, you know, th their clubs. And um, it's just terrible because these are people who found a safe community. And even that safe community was threatened and violated, so. Well, the conversations like this, that's one of the many reasons one of the very important reasons that conversations like this are so incredibly important. Yes, yes. Well, yes. we need to wrap it up, but are there any like words of, of wisdom you'd, you'd like to um, like to share with us? Sure. Um, I love the quote uh, by an Indian sage named um, Ramana Maharshi, I believe it's pronounced Maharshi. Uh, he said, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Ugh. The world needs our children in all of their authentic brilliance and power, right? Each child that arrives has chosen to courageously be here to help us progress spiritually. When we don't accept their true nature, we not only fail them, but we fail ourselves on a universal level. So um, yeah, um, each child has the promise of, or the, 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 the promise of change and hope for a better future and uh yeah we and need them chose to be here and for different that's right. reasons yes that's right well thank you so much and if you could send me the links again to both articles well i have the link to the article we were talking about today um but at the other is it in the article form the one that you you talked about at columbia is that also in Oh, yes. Um, no, that one is the presentation I did. It's a video. Okay. I can send it to you. Whatever you have that you think that the listeners might be interested in. We'll oh, sure. Sure. That's fascinating. That stuff is really, it's really fascinating because um, I had wrote about it in my book back in 2006. And the term I use to identify that particular synchrony that I was talking about, uh, I refer to it as afferent energy influences, afferent meaning toward the body. And um, now it's just exciting because it's being proven uh, yeah. through science. And so, yeah, we're at the verge of um, confirming that consciousness is non-local. So, yay. We do. And we, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast with various people. So it's exciting. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you. And it would be fun to speak at another conference together, maybe in the future. I would love that. 
<laughs> I would love that. Okay, thank you, Christine. All right, you're welcome. Thank you, Marla. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.